Welcome back, everybody, to Cheapskate Tuesdays. I'm Big Sip, and I'm here with Doom. Hey, what's up? We're doing a very, very special Cheapskate episode, the ultimate Cheapskate episode, a home <laughs> release <laughs> of our favorite Cheapskate character of all time, The Big Lebowski. This is one of our favorite films. Yeah, definitely. This is definitely one of my favorite films. I'd say we've seen this film so many times we've even we've even gone to see it in theaters at a special event where we get to uh actually yell out quotes and whatnot yeah shout out to the alamo draft house if you guys have one nearby sometimes they do these goofy special events i think they call them quote alongs yeah where you go and uh quote your favorite lines and we got to sip on quite a few uh (laughs) white russians along the way yeah i think this might be it probably might be one of the movies i've seen the most yeah i think so damn there are just like some easy watch comedies it really is it's like the art of comedy unfortunately has really gone out the window in my mind yeah and like i kind of rely on films like this and it's a film whenever i do mention it to people they don't know what i'm talking about so i'm glad we're getting to talk about this because i'm like like big lebowski and they're like what like the big lebowski the big lebowski (laughs) like how do you not know about this film what year did it come out is it 96 it is 1998. 1998. All right. So the Big Lebowski is a Coen Brother film, and I think um, this is when the Coen Brothers are like on their hot streak, right? And I think like, so because every like, movie they... was very critically acclaimed. Yes. Then the Big Lebowski came out, which was not critically acclaimed, but audiences loved it. Yeah, it was one of those movies. And then like it really took up a cult following. Yeah, that. huge cult following. Actually, apparently. Uh, there is a religion that has formed around the main character of this Why movie. Why am I a part of this religion? <laughs> I think it's called like dudism or something. Oh, I'm in. Yeah, but apparently uh, the Big Lebowski is so... The dudocracy. Yeah, he's, he's so zen that they're basically just like, he has achieved a higher... State um, of enlightenment. Yeah, a higher state of enlightenment. Uh, <laughs> I can see it. I can see it. Yeah. So this is a, a comedy film. Um, has a lot of really funny people in it, great actors and actresses. And Jeff Bridges is the titular dude. Yeah, he's the dude. Yeah, John Goodman, Steve Buscemi. Yeah, John Goodman, Steve Buscemi, has Walter and Donnie. Then there's um the late great Philip Seymour Hoffman as Brand, one of yes. my favorite characters in this movie. Um who plays Maud? What's her name? She, uh, she plays Clarice Moore. in one of the movies. Julian Moore. Yeah, okay. Um she's great. And Peter Stormare. Yeah, Peter Stormare is <laughs> one of my favorite. Yeah. Man, in the discussion of comedy movies, have they kind of just like stopped making these as much as they used to? Like a random, like a life adventure kind of yeah, comedy. Yeah, man. They're like, so afraid to this... make a movie that's not a sequel or like a Marvel comic book movie. They just don't make things. I think there was a Jennifer Lawrence comedy that released like a month ago. Oh, you're right. Like she, yeah. What was it, it called? Oh, gosh. But I know the plot was something along the lines of, She's trying to break this guy out of his shell. Or yeah. His parents paid him. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Some paid goofy her, comedy right. premise. He needs to buy a car. Right. So, very simple plot. Like very simple plot. Like, a, that's what I think comedies are missing nowadays, like a simple plot. But that's interesting because the Big Lebowski is not a simple plot. Well, it, it, it unravels. <laughs> it has layers. So I, I will give my, um, my, my secret... Conspiracy theory on the Big Lebowski. I'll give it oh, at the end. You did not tell me about that. Oh, at the end. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so I guess the synopsis of this movie is there is a character, Jeff Bridges is named Jeff Lebowski, but he just goes by the dude. Mm-hmm. And 
<laughs> the movie opens with some people breaking into his apartment and interrogating him and asking where the money is. Because well, don't forget they uh, pee on his rug. They pee on his rug. The rug that really tied the room together. Yeah. So they're expecting a million dollars from this broke bachelor. Yeah. And he's basically he's chill about the whole thing. He does and not he's just care. Like, Do I look rich to you? <laughs> like, the toilet seats up, man. Do yeah. I look married? Yeah. They're asking. Uh, so his wife, Bunny, owes a million dollars. And he's like, do I look married? So it turns out there is another Lebowski in the city. The a, big Lebowski. The big Lebowski. A rich, um, I don't even know. Like, what did he do? Can't he was remember. a tycoon. He's just some tycoon, just random rich guy. Yeah, and he has like a... And he has some young trophy wife. Yeah. And she apparently owes money to people. And he gets wrapped up in this, right? Yeah. So... The two assailants that come into his home, they pee on his rug, and he's he's quite upset by this because the, the rug really tied the room together. So in and order that's to all he really cares, that's about. all he cares about. He's just he's fine to get <laughs> interrogated in. <laughs> so the people break in, and one of my favorite lines of all time, the uh, the assailants are dunking his head in the toilet. Oh yes, and they're saying, "Where's the money, Lebowski? Where's the money?" And they're just repeatedly dunking his head in. <laughs> Let me look down there. Again. Yeah. <laughs> Let me take another look. I'm sure it's down there somewhere. <laughs> and they just keep going. Yeah. Th- so throughout the whole movie, he is able to remain remarkably zen despite being in some precarious situations, and that it just shows the strength of character of the dude. <laughs> <laughs> so if someone broke into my house and uh, started physically Swirling, assaulting me yeah. I'm not sure if I would be cool enough to deliver a line like that it's pretty incredible <laughs> I'm sure it's down there somewhere let me take another look <laughs> with the sunglasses on and everything still yeah so this one incident sets off the chain of events of this movie and um as our narrator tells us, because this movie is narrated by um, Sam Elliott. Yeah, Sam Elliott, the the cowboy looking guy. Yes, who's uh, some sort of like. <laughs> I was gonna ask you about that too. I don't think we've ever really established whether we think he's like. I don't know. Like, is he like semi a theory, like a pops yeah. in out of nowhere? He's some some sort of like perfect like spectator. Dude. Yeah, he's able to spectate events that he doesn't see, and he he appears to be. Just a perfect observer. Maybe yeah. he's a, I don't know, <laughs> an angel, a demon. Uh, almost, yeah, like an angel or something. Yeah, like he, he seems to be omniscient. He is a narrator, but he occasionally interacts in the story. Like, well, he appears at the bar when he's at, like, uh, the dude's at his lowest. Right. And he just tells him, gives him, like, they like each other. And he's like, I like your style, I like dude. your style, dude. I like your style, too. <laughs> the only thing is, dude, do you have to curse so much? Yeah. So the um, the narrator tells us that Despite the Big Lebowski being a lazy man, sometimes the right man for the time, the time or the hour just shows up, right? And that's that's the dude. That's always him. So um, he makes his way to the Big Lebowski to try to get this all sorted out. Oh, no, right. he goes bowling first. I'm sorry. Yeah, so another thing, that is, the dude is always bowling. He's always bowling. bowling with his two best buds, Walter and Donnie. Yes. Uh, Walter, what's his name? Like Kovacs, as played by John Goodman, one of my favorite performances of all time. A Shopchak? Is what uh, it says here? I can't here? remember what his name is. I can't, but, but Walter yeah, is a, uh, a Vietnam vet. Yeah. A very on-edge character. The exact opposite of the dude. Yeah. Funny enough. And uh, poor Donnie, who's constantly out of the loop. He's just a background character in his own life. 
<laughs> so he hangs out with uh, Walter and um, the dude. And that's their bowling team. Yeah, that's their bowling team. So he goes bowling. Then he tries to make things right by uh, going to the Big Lebowski. And all he wants is his rug back. He just wants so a new rug. So he just wants, he thinks that it's fair because, hey, these guys assaulted me thinking I was you. I think you should pay for my rug. Yeah. And you know, that's that's fair, right? That's almost fair. Yeah. It so makes sense. And <laughs> he goes to see the Big Lebowski, and the Big Lebowski essentially chews him out for being a lazy bum. Yeah. Calls him unemployed, which he is. Which he and is, yeah. <laughs> he, uh, he's basically your classic stereotypical rich guy. But on his way out, um, despite having this negative interaction with the Big Lebowski, the dude kind of pulls a fast one on Brand, his manservant or butler. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, the Big Lebowski said I could pick any rug I wanted. So he does get a rug out of it. Yeah, he does actually get a rug out of it. Yeah, he does a quick little cool and collected, swindle. And he doesn't care. He's yeah. like, yeah. So another another one of the things I like about this movie is throughout the movie, uh, the dude is always taking a line that someone gave him earlier in the movie and then reusing it later. So when he's at the supermarket, he's watching um, a television with Bush um, Sr. Oh, yeah. And he's saying something like, this aggression will not stand. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> So then later on, when he is in his altercation with the Big Lebowski, this aggression won't stand. This aggression will not stand. Yeah. So throughout the movie, he always gets a line from some character yeah. and then gives it to another. So he's always going, you know, X to Y set up. Yeah. <laughs> Zeta, Zeta W. And sometimes this works out for him and it makes him look more intelligent than he actually is. <laughs> it's really funny how he's just like this, this messenger, this messenger of fate. <laughs> He's always in the right place at the right time. He's always time. in the right place at the right time. He's always got the right line. So little does he know that taking this rug is actually going to <laughs> set off another chain of set events. Set off another chain of events. So he gets wrapped up in this mystery because um on the way out he meets the trophy wife, yes. Bunny. And she she looks fine. She's just sunbathing, getting um she you makes know. him a uh, tantalizing offer. A tantalizing offer. He goes to go get a cash machine. We're going to go get my cash machine to uh, to continue this transaction. That's... Philip Seymour Hoffman was such a good actor because he plays this sort of like uptight manservant that's like always trying to explain away like the... Oh, yes. She's very eccentric. <laughs> yeah, she, she propositions the dude with a, a very explicit offer. And then it cuts to Philip Seymour Hoffman as the... <gasps> yes. <laughs> Oh yes, oh, he's very, very fond of Bunny. Very <laughs> uncomfortable, very like look on his face. It is amazing how how perfectly he's able to capture that sort of like tight wound, like yeah. <sighs> I feel like every character is perfectly cast in yeah, this film. It's incredible. Great performances all around. It's insane. Just a talented, talented cast list. So um, on his way out, he sees Bunny. Everything looks fine, but then later on, he gets um, a phone call from the Big Lebowski. And he has a job for him because it turns out Bunny's been kidnapped and they want to ransom. Mm -hmm. And because he was assaulted by who the Big Lebowski suspects might be the one who did the kidnapping. Yes. He's in a unique position to confirm the identity. Yes. So now they want him to be the, uh, the drop. The drop. He's going to give them the ransom money and he's going to confirm the identity. Yes or no. Yeah. So despite... <laughs> they give him a telephone as well. Yeah, they give him a car phone, which didn't exist back then, or not even a car phone, just like a, a oh, cell phone, basically. Yeah, but it was like a suitcase. Yeah, it's size. like a suitcase because this was '90s, or maybe even the '80s. I'm not sure where the movie takes place. That's good. It doesn't say. Oh well, no, no, no. Bush was. Well, Bush, Bush was, was okay. No, I was gonna say we have a 1991 at least. Yeah. <laughs> so, despite 
having to take place in a very criminal interaction. He's pretty blase about the whole thing. He's just like, yeah, it's yeah, fine. Yeah, call me. I just told him they, uh, they can't interrupt bowl night. Yeah. <laughs> he tells him they can't interrupt the bowling. <laughs> so he's bowling at um, Walter manages to decide that he's going to come along with him. Mm. And Walter is... He wants in on the action. Yeah, he wants in on the action. He he thinks himself to be a bit of an expert. Because mm. <laughs> he went to Vietnam. He went to Vietnam. So he decides that he's going to throw out a ringer and yeah. keep the money because he doesn't really believe that bunny is kidnapped at all right I, I can't remember is it his idea that bunny kidnapped herself yeah he's like oh I, these amateurs i bet she just kidnapped herself so that she can pay the ransom to the people that she owes money to oh, okay so his idea is that like she owes money all over town and, right you know the dude tells him this yeah so he instantly just puts it together that oh she kidnapped herself called her husband I had someone call her husband and tell them to give her money and then she'll be able to get enough allowance essentially to pay off the debts. Okay. Yeah. That's what it is. So that's what they think is happening. Well, that's yeah. what Walter think is happening. <laughs> yeah. So Walter has his crackpot ideas and despite Walter being a huge goofball, I think at the end he's basically right about everything. Isn't it, it, he? Well, okay. <laughs> I think his intuition is always correct. <laughs> well, cause what's funny is, yeah, I think the suitcase opens at one point and it, it is, it is not really money in there. Yeah, so eventually it is revealed it's a ringer. We threw out a ringer for a ringer. Yeah, they threw out a ringer for the ringer. The and Big Lebowski didn't give him the money. Because there was no money to give. Yeah. So, <laughs> we're getting ahead of ourselves. But Walter, he has a crackpot scheme to basically keep the money and out these people as the amateurs they are, right? So they go along <laughs> and they mess up the drop. <laughs> and then... um. The dude is worried that the bunny's going to be killed now because yeah, people it's on are, his conscience. Right. It's on your conscience, dude. It's, yeah. on, it's on you. Her life is it, in your hands. Like, don't, don't say don't, that. Don't man. say that, man. Her life's in your hand, dude. Her life is in your hands, dude. This <laughs> <laughs> constantly says it to him. This movie is incredibly quotable. If you haven't seen it, I urge you to watch it immediately. Just for the quotes. Yeah, you'll probably be quoting it for the rest of your life. <laughs> As we will. <laughs> yeah. Until the day I die. <laughs> On my headstone. Yeah. So wait, what happens next? I can't remember. So after that, they go bowling. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. The phone He's is ringing. And the phone is just ringing the whole time. And what happens is the suitcase that they, they didn't throw the suitcase. They threw the ringer. So the ringer, the, the original ringer is in the car. The car is stolen. Oh, the car's stolen. And so they, Walter goes on a hunt to try to find the car. Uh, the whole time the phone is ringing off the hook trying to find you know where he is and about the drop and everything but so he goes home he reports it to the police uh he doesn't tell them about the suitcase he just tells them there's a creed was it credence yeah you said there's a ccr tape there's um oh shoot what else and uh something funny oh gosh <laughs> the police officer's like yeah it wouldn't be too helpful about getting the tape deck back He's like, or the credence. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, oh, and he also reports the rug. The rug was stolen. Right. While he was gone as well. And, but at the same time, he gets a call. Oh, yeah. So while the police are there, he gets a call. And the message machine takes it and it says, hi, I'm Maud. Yeah. I stole your rug, by the way. Yeah. And, <laughs> and they the go, well, just like, well, oh, close that case. <laughs> Yeah, so now enter a new player, um, Maud. So he he's she's the daughter of yeah, the Big Lebowski. Daughter of the Big Lebowski. So he goes to um her 
upon her summons, he goes <laughs> to visit her, right? And her, her intro is like almost like a horror movie scene. Yeah. It's, it's so funny. It just comes out of left field. He enters this dark apartment and there's like Walking whispering. Yeah, just like and gets louder and louder. And he turns around yeah. and she's flying on a rig yeah. completely nude yeah. over him with two paintbrushes spinning them about trying to make modern art. Yeah, she's doing a modern art masterpiece. And she gets uh, lowered down by two assistants. Yeah, and uh, It's so funny. And it's very uh, eccentric. Yeah, so she's a, a high society sort of um, classic Artist, like second artiste. wave feminist something like that. Yeah. And uh, she's the Big Lebowski's daughter and she reveals some some pertinent information to yeah. the dude more information so, comes to light yeah <laughs> so one is that uh the rug that he happened to take was a sentimental gift from the original mother the original mother who's passed away who's passed away so she didn't want him to have that particular rug and so she came and knocked him out and right took the rug back yeah but then she tells um the dude some other plot relevant information and she she also believes he is trying to embezzle the money Right, so she thinks that her father is mismanaging the, f the foundation. Because that's the only money he has. Yeah, he's actually not that rich anymore. Something happened. Yeah, something happened, and he, like, I guess Bunny maybe gambled it all away. It's yeah. not exactly clear. But then I think she also believes that Bunny kidnapped herself because of her association with this Peter Stromer character, right? Who is in a adult film. Yeah. <laughs> he's an adult film... Um, Actor? I guess actor? Yeah. Yeah. And basically, she doesn't believe the thing either. And um, wait, what is she? She gives the dude a new mission. What is it? The, the dude's new mission is to go and try to get him to admit to this, I suppose. No, that's not it. Oh, is it? Oh, shoot. We're losing the plot. I can't remember. <laughs> it's it's There's too much intrigue, you see. So he gets this new information. Then on his way out from Maud to complete his mission, the the Big Lebowski confronts him, mm. and then oh yeah, where have you been? Yeah, yeah, we've and been calling you, blah blah blah. We've been calling you every five seconds. Yeah, you've been picking up. And so armed with his new information, he thinks he's going to outsmart them. Yeah, and he's like, okay, Bunny kidnapped herself because of her association with this uh, Peter Stromer character. Right? Yeah, and, and uh, <laughs> he tries to tell them he's like, you know, new information has come to light. Yeah, and. What really comes to light then and that moment is the reveal of the toe. Yeah, so they are kind of just receiving this information blank-faced, and they give him an envelope, and they're like, look at this. The envelope contains the toe <laughs> with the green nail polish that was seen in the first scene Right. Uh, when he was introduced to Bunny. Yeah, so it's all getting tied together. So he now, there's a severed toe to indicate that she really has been kidnapped and is in fact being harmed. Yes. So now there's there's stakes. And now once again, he feels very bad about this. He feels very bad. And goes to a diner to talk to Walter about this. <laughs> yeah. And Walter is still not convinced at all, <laughs> not despite at all. him confirming to Walter <laughs> that he's seen and held the toe in his hand. Yeah. And Walter is uh, very uh, convincingly saying he can get a toe for the dude that afternoon with green nail polish. Amateurs. Because these people are amateurs. They're amateurs. <laughs> So, <laughs> and of course, Walter has to explode and uh, confront the uh, diner lady about his free speech. His free speech. He's, a, he's a First Amendment absolutist. <laughs> so let's see. Then um, 
Oh, so then, well, he gets inform. Well, Walter, he finds out about the stolen car. Yeah, right? I was gonna say Walter also finds out information about the car, and they go to confront the kid to ch- to at least try to get the money back. Yeah, so they they suspect that um because the when he find because the police did child. find the car. Yeah, they found the car, and the car was shat in and was like <laughs> yeah, it was, it was just defiled. Defiled. Yeah, so it turns out, um. The car had been taken for a joyride, and eventually the dude is able to find this out because he finds a bit of homework oh, via, left over in the via car. Yeah, funny. <laughs> yeah, one he of the flicks, best scenes ever. The best scenes in the movie. He uh, flicks the end of a roach out the window, but it bounces around into the car and yeah. lands in his lap, <laughs> resulting in him making the funniest sound yeah. I can imagine a man making, going, ah, 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 ah. As he crashes his car into a dumpster. <laughs> it's so funny. I just, I can't believe how good the the acting is. Like, Jeff Bridges just hits everything perfectly. <laughs> he gets perfect. And what he finds is homework with this name, the name of the kid. Yeah, Larry something. And what they, what ironic, like, bizarrely enough, they it is the kid of a famous TV show writer. Writer, yeah. <laughs> So and, and they go to confront the kid, and the writer is in an iron lung. Yeah. <laughs> it's so weird. It's so Maybe it just has so left many field. left turns. And they when they pull up, they see there's a red Corvette in the driveway. Brand and, new. Ah, like oh, he's already spent the million. Right, because they assume that this kid sold the briefcase with the money. And what happens is they confront him with the envelope in a little plastic baggie and everything and there's like where's where's the money kid <laughs> is this your homework larry is where's this, the money <laughs> yeah they just like try to grill him and this kid has the blankest expression ever like yeah, he is an, absolutely stonewalling there's <laughs> two brain cells and they're bouncing around and they're they're barely working and what happens is then walter decides to take it to the next level and goes outside with his uh, and grabs a bat. That's a crowbar. Man. A crowbar. I'm sorry. And starts to completely wreck the Corvette. Yeah, brand new. With a, another one of our favorite lines. <laughs> I in fact have a, a memorabilia with this line on it. As do I. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I guess for YouTube, I don't know if we can say it. No, but, uh, we'll be, it's fine. It, this is what happens when you fart a stranger <laughs> in the behind. <laughs> Is the most censored version I could make of that. Uh, so yeah, so Walter lays to waste on this this new Corvette, and then the neighbor from across the street comes out. And he's like, "Why? I just bought this car yesterday." <laughs> so obviously, it's not the kid's car. It's not the kid's car. And then immediately the the neighbor starts destroying the dude's car. Yeah. And the dude's like, "That's not his car. What are you doing?" <laughs> yeah. So the dude's car takes another beating. The the, the whole movie is the dude's car taking like massive L's. Yeah. The poor guy. So oh. then, um, man, what happens? Somehow after it that? still runs. <laughs> it still runs though. It's dependable. So I think after that, more intrigue happens, and he gets a call from was it Jackie Treehorn, the the adult film, uh like financier of los yeah. angeles right he wants to see him as well yeah for some reason for some reason <laughs> i kind of forget towards the end of the movie it gets really well also i think at some i can't remember at some point in here we also are introduced to the nihilists yeah the nihilists. which are the people oh who, they come assault him at his house yeah three well there's three assaults at his house yeah there's the initial assault yeah then mods, mods assault and then the the uh nihilist assault nihilist, right with also the funniest sound again with uh, <laughs> yeah. a 
a marmot being tossed into the mix. Yeah, so he's in his bathtub. I think he's listening to whale noises. He's listening to whale noises and yeah. or bowling. It's one of the two. Yeah. It's always one of the two. And um, these three nihilists dressed up in like like BDSM gear. Yeah, like very breaking. tight leather. Yeah, and they have like a, a ferret, either on like a, a stoat or like a ferret or a marmot. It's a ferret. Like, yeah, on a leash, and um, they come in and they start. You know, asking him questions. Where's the money, Lebowski? And he's like, oh, that's a nice marmot. <laughs> he just picks it up and drops it in the tub with him. And starts attacking him in his crotch. <laughs> he just starts screaming again. <laughs> oh, it's such a good movie. Oh, God. The execution is amazing. Yes. Yeah, so- and they eventually take it out. And they tell him that they're going to come back the next day and cut off his Johnson. <laughs> cut off your Johnson, Lebowski. If they don't get the money since the drop went wrong and everything. Right. So um, now he's he's having threats to his his person, his, his very life, and Johnson are at stake. Yes. So there's the, the movie's continually raising the stakes. There's a lot of ins, a lot of outs. He doesn't know what's going on. <laughs> As, yeah, at this point, yeah, he does not know what's going on or yeah. what to do, in fact. Yeah, he's constantly being pulled in different directions by all the players in Los Angeles County. Yeah. And I think eventually he gets a call from Jackie Treehorn, the adult film mogul yeah. of Los Angeles. So he, he goes to his, his uh, spacious abode mm-hmm. to see what he might have to say to him. Like, maybe he can fix this. Yeah, maybe he knows what's going on. And he has another one of my favorite scenes. So while he's in his, um, he's in his house trying to get information, he's talking to the dude and he gets a phone call, Jackie Treehorn. Yes. So he goes over to the phone (laughs) and you see him scribble something down on the pad. He rips away the pad. He rips away the pad, then leaves. And the dude, being the intelligent detective that he is. Runs over. He runs over and there's a trick. I don't know if you guys know. If you're Zoomers, you might not know with a pen and pencil. If you press hard enough when you're writing. If you press hard enough when you're writing, it actually will indent the paper. So there's a trick you can do where you rub the lead over the surface and it will reveal what has been written there, even though you can't see. Necessary. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and so, I feel like I have to explain this because I don't know if people know this anymore. It's, yeah. No, you're fine. Is it known? Yeah. So he, he goes over thinking he's going to get some crucial information yeah. to the, the plot of this sneaky. movie. He rubs it, and what he reveals is just a crude sketch of a man with an erection. <laughs> it's one of the funniest things of all time, I swear to God. So this adult video mogul gets a phone call and writes down what looks to be an important note, but apparently it was just a little sketch. So then he goes over, and um, it turns out that the Jackie Treehorn has uh, poisoned him. So I think yeah, he, he, he passes, passes out. After out. That. Yeah, I don't remember where he wakes up. <laughs> I, can't, I can't recall. <laughs> so he's just his life's a disaster, just constantly getting pulled in multiple directions, getting every scene. Yeah, and I think after that is when he and Maude. Oh yeah, they link up. They link up, <laughs> and afterwards is revealed that Maude is trying to conceive. Yeah. <laughs> So, for some reason, she chose Jeff. <laughs> she chose Jeff for some reason. I don't know if this is before they knew about things being hereditary. This is just like, oh, any DNA is good DNA. He's like, and, and I just happen to know you. And, yeah. And she insists that he will not be raising the child. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, okay, I, was, I guess that's... Uh, far out. <laughs> far out. That's all I can really ask for, I guess. Yeah. So, then um, 
I think that's when the the other detective comes into the movie. Oh yeah, he's on his way home. Yeah, so he's being tailed, and he notices he's being tailed. So he finally confronts uh, the person who's been following him. I think yeah. he's other parts of the movie too. And it turns out it's this private detective, and this detective has a completely wrong conception of him. He's just like, hey, I'm a huge fan of your work because. <laughs> <laughs> This You're pinning everybody against each other. Yeah, so he's been following him basically the whole movie, and he's through a series of basically misconceptions and outright buffoonery. No, it appears to this detective that the dude is playing all of the people against each yeah. other in the town, and <laughs> of course the dude has no idea. And he's like, "What are you talking about?" And he's like, "Oh, the Knutsons," which is another one of the funniest reveals. Yeah. So it turns out that um, this private detective is working for a family in like what Nebraska or something like that, like some like mid state, just like horrible. Like, yeah. And their town. their good little girl ran away, and we found out that's actually Bunny. Yeah. yeah. Bunny so, is Bunny Knuts. Bunny Knutson. So he's he's working for the parents, trying to find out what happened to Bunny, and uh, <laughs> and. Then eventually, I think uh, we get to the the final climax of the movie, which is the, the of course sort of, after some bowling. Yeah, after some bowling, there's a essentially sort of a little shootout or confrontation with a nihilist between Walter and <laughs> Walter, uh, the dude, and yeah, and of Donnie. course the Walter actually kind of just wipes the floor with the nihilist, yeah. utterly destroys them because <laughs> he's still still a Vietnam vet. He's, he's not still a Vietnam vet, and, he, he's and a tough I think man. he was even packing. I don't can't remember. Oh, he's always packing. He's always packing. <laughs> yeah, but unfortunately. Donnie, the character played by him, Steve Buscemi. Steve Buscemi. It was too much for his heart, and he dies. And he has a heart attack. attack on the spot. Yeah. And like the dude even says to him, like, "Oh, what? Were you shot?" And he's like, "No, there was no shots fired. No shots fired." <laughs> and, and and poor Donnie's just there, like having a poor heart attack yeah. after the whole film being harassed constantly <laughs> for not knowing what's going on. Yeah. You're so, out of your element, Donnie. You're out of your element, Donnie. I am the walrus. Yeah. So then they get they get Donnie cremated and they spread his ashes all over um very poorly. Yeah. What was it? The, uh, the, the coasts d- the where dude he so often like to face surf. full of uh, <laughs> a face full of Donnie. <laughs> and he and Walter has some quote about Vietnam. Yeah. And the dude's very upset back there. And he's just like, "All right, dude, let's just go bowling." Yeah, let's go bowling. And that's pretty much how the movie ends. Yeah. yeah. Like all the character, it's revealed that. Bunny has not had her toe stolen. She just went to Las Vegas. Right. Uh, the toe was the was uh, the girlfriend of the the, 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 girlfriend nihilist. of the nihilists. She cut off a toe, Lebowski. It's not fair. It's not fair. Give us everything in your pockets. <laughs> so yeah. we don't take the million. We take everything in your pockets. Yeah. So essentially, the movie was resolved. Everyone's happy in the end, except for I guess the girlfriend of the nihilist. She I was going to say toe. she lost her toe. Yeah, but eh, they're still eating in the diner happily at the end. Mod. Has her oh, has child to be, and yeah, yeah, Mod has her child to be. Uh, the B- big Lebowski, I guess, has his comeuppance because yeah. he doesn't have enough money to pay for all stuff. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the dude gets a rug, and I guess all I wanted was my rug back. And I guess he gets to just keep wandering into the the yonder. Yeah. But yeah, excellent comedy. Definitely recommend. Oh, absolutely. I couldn't recommend this movie more, which is why we're doing this, because it's about a movie we love. Yeah. <laughs> Easily top five comedies I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. So now I'll reveal my my secret oh, yes, about me. The Big Lebowski Do is that. that although this is a comedy, it's actually another genre of movie called a noir. <gasps> <laughs> Cross-platforming? <laughs> so, yeah. 
if you if you watch this movie a couple times, it's not even secret really because no. the dude plays the part of the detective. So yeah. if you if you've seen Chinatown, probably the most famous noir that exists. Yeah, the most classic. Like, yeah, you know, you think of like L.A. Noir. Yeah, this is the actual movie, right? Kind of thing you would think of. If yeah, I was like a kid who didn't know what that was. So you'll realize that these are structured beat for beat almost the same way. Even though yeah. it's a comedy, it's still a noir. Yeah, you have this detective who's constantly one step behind everyone else, just kind of getting. He's put on a simple mission. Yeah. Somebody else comes into the game. Yeah. They reveal him new information. He keeps getting passed between the big players of the city. Yeah. And like they always have a little more information than he does, but he's always, you know. But in this sense, keeps it's moving. a uh, unwilling stoner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the only difference is that, yeah, the dude is, is not a detective. He's just thrust into things. Yes. But yeah. This movie is secretly a noir. And, um, I think that's cool. I think that helps it too, though. Oh, really? It makes it intriguing. It keeps the plot moving. You and never funny. know what's going like, to happen there's next. There's always a circumstance where somebody comes into the, you know, for the next kind of funny scene. Yeah. I wonder if when the Coen brothers wrote this, they had like just watched a bunch of Dwar movies and they're just like kind of thinking about how silly detective movies are in general. And they're just like, what if we just like yeah. played it for fun? Because there are, yeah, there's tons of elements in detective films where you're just like, what? Yeah. Like, because, like, something is revealed at, like, the ninth hour. Yeah, it's always just... the most ridiculous thing possible. Yeah, and, like, Chinatown is no exception to that. Yeah, so I wonder if you watch, like, a bunch of noirs in a row, you're just like, this is silly. And you're like, wait, we could just, like, we, make it silly. Yeah, like, they just change the character, you know, change the setting from, like, New York or yeah. L.A. to... No, wait, where were they? Where it was they? L.A. It was L.A. Okay, yeah. so yeah, they're even in a classic yeah. noir setting. It is. It is the classic noir setting. So if you haven't seen this, go see it immediately. And if you have seen it, just go see it again. <laughs> <laughs> and then wonder why they don't make good comedies anymore. Yeah, it's unfortunately, I think the, the format for comedy has been uh, devalued a lot. Because it's been so interspliced with all these other films nowadays. Yeah. Like every film has to have funny quips and everything. So now every film is essentially a comedy in one respect or another. Is that the, the Joss Whedon effect from the Avengers? That is what people typically say nowadays. Because like yeah. even if when we watched the trailer for The Meg, you could tell there was like a lot of comedy trying to be interspliced in there. Yeah. When Who knows when you read The Meg, the original book. It's a book? There's, yeah, there's multiple books. <laughs> Sorry, dude. First, I bubble. can't believe that. Yeah, it's based on a book. Well, so the Meg's not even original. It's based on a property. Oh my gosh, we yeah. truly are in the dark times of movies. Yes. So it's for that, context, while the Big is an original idea, it is an original <laughs> idea. For context, while we were recording this, the uh, the film strike and the writer strike is still going on. So, so we don't know what our next film could be. Yeah, we don't know. Who knows how this whole thing will conclude? We may end up doing a few more of these, yeah. which I'm totally fine with because revisiting some of our favorite films is something I do often. Yeah, they just don't make them like they do anymore. Everything is just a sequel now. Like what in the theaters isn't a sequel? Even the Meg's a sequel. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Meg's a sequel, and and it's a continue like not continue, but like a, a make of a book. Yeah, and also what else is in film? What what's in movies right now? So we have well, you know, did we touch oh. on this in the Oppenheimer? How some people are calling Oppenheimer the last film. Oh my god. Because they're basically just like, after this, it's going to be only... <laughs> there's no original movies, it's going to be sequels and... I was going to tell you, though, I did see this morning yeah. that uh, Talk To Me got a uh, green light for sequels. Oh no. Oh, and the even worse one, uh, 
not worse. So Talk to Me was the previous episode we did a horror movie. Horror or not movie. previous, I guess. At the time of this recording. At the time I don't know the, when this will go out. One of our previous episodes. Yeah, one of our previous episodes. It was Talk to Me. And the other big reveal recently was Mattel, since they made a billion dollars yeah, off billion Barbie. billion dollars. Based on how stocks work, they need to maintain this. Yep. So Mattel is entering the movie space with 40-something new movie ideas. Oh, no. And is it Rock'em Sock'em Robots or something like including that? Including Hot Wheels, oh. Matchbox, oh. Uno. Uno? Uno the movie. <laughs> and even uh, Eight Ball Horror Spinoff. Oh, that actually sounds amazing. That sounds fine. Something, so we'll in, see if, something in my the dark part of my mind is instantly is like, that is a good idea. Okay. So if we get one for five here... I'll be happy, but if I don't know, I don't know if we'll get Barbie two, because I don't know if all the players from this film. Greta, the director of the movie, straight up said no. I was going to say it doesn't seem like a. If you do a Barbie two, I won't be on it. Yeah, it doesn't seem like a sequel kind of. No, actually, it didn't really have anything, any tendrils set up for a sequel. Which is fine. It's and I, fine. And, and, and I enjoy that. Itself, yeah. I enjoy that. That yeah. the film can be a standalone. And I honestly miss that a lot of the time. It's true. Because, I mean, if you watch, say, like Terminator alone, that's amazing. Yeah. Like, what an amazing idea. Still a good movie. But then they, you have to run a spike into the ground all the way to hell. Yeah. It's and like, you make 12 more films. Yeah. T2 was great. Maybe better than T1. And I then, think T2 was then the then pinnacle. From then on, it's like, Exactly. Whoops. <laughs> same goes for Jurassic Park. If Jurassic Park ended at one film, it's I would have true. been happy the rest of my life. Yeah. Yeah, there's so many sequel... I haven't even seen the new ones. Oh, well, you're fine. Don't worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> you're not missing anything. Well, we're just complaining about modern cinema, ladies and gentlemen, but what can you do? What can you do? You can just talk about old movies, apparently. Well, thanks for tuning in to us, at least. Yeah. We'll see, see you, you next, next time. Week.